the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I know a place where we can go to lay the troubles down, eating your soul. This is Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. Now, your host, Eric Cartier, Senior Pastor of Rocky Mountain Calvary Church. Like a tide, it is rising up deep inside a current that moves and makes it come alive. Welcome to Crosswalk Colorado Springs. Thanks so much for listening. Hope that you're doing well, that you're having a great day. I've got a special guest uh, live in studio with me, David Galvan. He is with Shop Soul Shop Movement as the director and is faith-based suicide prevention. A good friend. We've been able to partner together in ministry. David, thanks so much for coming in today. Uh, thanks so much for having me. I'm so looking forward to this conversation and looking forward to partnering with all of your viewers, your listeners uh, during this time. I want to make sure that we uh, give help and support to them as we talk today. You know, I know both of our hearts are really broken uh, for suicide in our city, El Paso County, uh, for for the youth, but also all ages. And we really want to take and do a two-part series, you know, on do two episodes, two radio shows on what's going on with mental health and uh, suicide and I know as a pastor, I've, I've observed uh, that this is just a really difficult conversation to have inside of the church. Um, and to kind of give us a little bit of framework, I think maybe 10, 15 years ago, 20 years ago for sure, it was really hard for the big C church yeah. to talk about sexual sin, yeah. lust, pornography. Yeah. I do think there's been some breakthroughs in that yeah. where a lot more in church culture we're able to talk about lust, talk honestly about pornography, yeah. not have this atmosphere of don't ask, don't tell. Right. But it doesn't seem to have translated over into, hey, I'm having thoughts of harming myself. Yeah. I'm having thoughts of suicide. And we know the enemy really comes in that space to try to get our minds off of a track uh, of hope. Yeah. So I'd really like to tackle that. Why is this so hard to talk about as believers, even inside of families with a close friend, difficult to talk about from the pulpit. Uh, Give us your insight (laughs) on that. (laughs) Yeah. I, anytime that a conversation has been silenced, anytime that a conversation has become taboo, I think the enemy wins. I really do. I, he loves the silence. He Hmm. loves the silence. And not the silence that is refreshing and not the silence that uh, lies with, by still waters, but the silence to say, mm. hey, nobody wants to hear what's actually going on to you. Nobody really cares. Nobody really notices. Mm. Nobody really understands. Nobody gets you. And like, if there's a way that the enemy can find a foothold or what even clinicians would call intrusive thoughts, if there's a way that he can find that thought and hold you captive to that. 
Um, he will do that. And I think in the church wise, big C church, right? Yeah. I think we have uh, found ourselves that we're like, well, if we talk about this, like, I'm really unsure. Like, do I put these thoughts in people's heads where they start thinking about this because I said this. And I think even in our greatest days, some great speakers, I'm not sure we're that influential. I agree. (laughs) We have that much power to do that. But I do know (laughs) this, the mind, the mind, a scripture says, therefore be transformed by the renewing of your mind. There's something that goes on in that mind that actually needs to be renewed. Yeah. Amen. And and changed and transformed, which in turn implies that it can be sick. It can become sick. It can become um, unwell. And so what I think as we talk about this topic and why we not see it in the church is, can you imagine coming to a Sunday morning and we hear all kinds of topics Sunday morning and even in small groups. But you never hear your topic or the thing, the struggle that you're going through. Right. You Like you said, you mentioned we talk more about pornography and sex and lust and these things from the pulpit. And now those individuals have a place where they feel safe to come and have that conversation. Right. But could you imagine where we don't have that? Yeah. And you don't feel safe. And mm-hmm. you're like, I have this thing that my pastor doesn't talk about. People think it's sin. People think I did something wrong. And they don't have an understanding. So now... I'm the least of these. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I am. I am Outcast. actually outcasted. Yeah. I'm outcasted so much. So I'm much like the woman who, with the issue of blood. Yeah. I am pushed aside. I've been going to places for 12 plus years, trying to get help from physicians, from everyone around and nobody can help me. Yeah. And my last hope is to cling to Jesus. Yeah. I'm kind of in that place. Yeah. I actually absolutely agree, David. I think that, when we're silent about any type of struggle, Satan really wins. Yeah. And he doesn't have a lot of playing cards, but he plays isolation yes. over and over again. And to have the courage to be able to share, hey, I'm struggling with thoughts of suicide. Yeah. I'm struggling with hopelessness. Yes. Man, there's a huge breakthrough when we're able to bring it to the light, but also to set the framework with those that we love, like, hey, it's okay to be able to come and share that you're struggling in any area and this area included. Like we we all have thoughts and sometimes we have thoughts that are are totally in the wrong direction instead of just struggling alone with that to be able to open up and and to be able uh, to share. So I think there's this invitation as the individual struggling and we yeah. do all struggle at times to share with those that we trust and love. Right. But then where we've been entrusted with leadership, whether it's with your kids or mm-hmm. in your marriage or, you know, with your mom or dad or brother or sister right. or as a pastor or a teacher or a coach to lead out in a way that says, Hey, this is the environment that it's, it's okay to come and share with, with your struggles, yeah. mental health included. You yeah. Yeah. I think there's a couple of things that you said in there that are very powerful. Number one is um, the church should be the number one place for us to come when we're not okay. That's right. Yeah. Like it is the place of healing. It is the place mm-hmm. of hope. It is the yeah. place of restoration. And so um, I wear a hoodie often and it says, it's okay not to be okay. Yeah. And if I could put a tagline right under that, I would put, but it's not okay to stay there. Right, right. Because, yes, I want you to know that you can be in your pain. I want you to be those that we lament really well and we grieve well or we navigate that journey of hopelessness for that moment, for that time, whatever that may be. 
And I want us to also know that we, we have victory. We are mm-hmm. able to overcome. Or what I say, there's hope is always available. That's right. Hope yeah. will always be available. And so um, when we look at the Big C Church, one of the ways that I see this happen often is I often talk to Big C Churches about their greeting. It's really mm-hmm. interesting about greeting. Because yeah. the moment you walk through your door, um, individuals will say things like, uh, what's the first greeting that people will give us? What's the first thing that they'll say to us? They'll typically say, hey, how are you? Yeah, how's it going? How's it going? Yeah. But do they have time to truly listen to how it's going? No, mm-hmm. because what we have learned in our culture is we have been conditioned to just say, fine, good. Or we'll say, uh, you know, blessed, uh, too blessed to be stressed. I mean, we right. have all these phrases, right? Yeah. That we can do. But what would it look like if uh, we had a different approach? Yeah. We had a different approach. And we said, uh, hey, I'm here to listen to your story. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm, I would love to hear what's happening in your world today. And so people are like, well, what if I don't have time to say, how are you? Or even listen to a story. You can tell someone good to see you. Right. How often do we walk through our entire week and never feel seen? That's true. Yeah. Never feel seen. And someone never takes the time to look at us eye to eye. Yeah. They actually show um, neurochemically there are over um, multiple chemicals that are released when we actually give 20 seconds of eye contact with somebody. We're really hurting as a culture because we don't make a lot of eye contact. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> and we're in our phones. But I also think it's gotten worse since COVID. Yeah. Like when we were all wearing masks. I'm yeah. not trying to make a statement on masks. No. But it impacted our culture. Yes. Where people are making less eye contact. They're yes. smiling less at each other. Yeah. So that greeting at church, that greeting everywhere we go. Right. Is even more powerful and more needed. More than yeah. ever, right? Yeah. The masks, and I always tell people, the masks were just showing us what was actually already going on. Yeah. We were already disconnecting as human beings. Yeah. And we were already separating. The mask showed us the importance of the, the reality of communication and eye contact. Yeah, that's so good. Well, we're talking about suicide prevention and mental health. I have David Galvan uh, with me, a good friend, partner in ministry. He's with Soul Shop a Movement, Faith-Based Suicide uh, Prevention Just want to remind you that this show does turn into a podcast if you go to Crosswalk Colorado Springs, anywhere that you find uh, your podcast. We're going to head to a break and stay with me on this very, very important topic. We'll be right back. Crosswalk Colorado Springs on 100.7. The Word. Welcome back to Crosswalk Colorado Springs. Thanks so much uh, for listening. I have Dave Galvant in studio with me today. One of the saddest states of our community for me uh, as a pastor, as a dad, as a a resident is uh, teen suicide and suicide in general. I know it's something I've been praying about personally and we've been praying about as a church and, and David really focuses on suicide prevention and reaching out to youth. We talked about, you know, unfortunately, suicide is this taboo conversation. Yeah. It's difficult to be able to open up. Now that we've established that, how do you think we got there that suicide has become something that we really don't talk about inside of the church? Yeah, I think um, death is hard to talk about in general. Yeah. You know, when we have a loss of someone... Uh, natural causes or even accidental causes, it's so difficult to talk about that individual that is lost. 
we see even scripturally when Jesus lost a friend, like his response, his response of weeping, his response of, all right, what do we got to do? And I think whenever we talk about death, it's this um, unsettling, like, what do we do with it? There are times when somebody has a accidental death or even a natural cause of death, we don't know what to say. Yeah. So we don't say anything at all. Yeah. And then you add the layer of suicide on top of that and have a loss where people will take blame for it or say it was my fault or, man, this was a selfish decision. And then they're like, well, they must have sinned. We go all down this route. And now we're like, well, then I'm not going to ever talk about this because this is what I know people think about. Right. We know what people think about suicide by conversations that we overheard and their actions. Mm-hmm. It's often not a direct, hey, this is what we think about suicide. It's often what they overheard other yeah. people talking about. Yeah. And the whispers, yeah. the whispers that get individuals ears. And I often think about it like at the garden, you know, it's just like, will you really be like him? And it's right. all these whispers behind the back, like that, um, maybe they're not well enough and maybe this and this, and yes, they do have things going on and suicide can happen in a moment, can happen mm-hmm. in a moment. And we understand that the reality is that as a church, I think we have found ourselves to be taboo about it, even just in the way that we, uh, use terminology and phrases. Hmm. Um, how could you help us to maybe, what are some phrases that are actually negative yeah. and maybe what are some phrases to use in replace of that language? Yeah, it's very uh, good. I like uh, first and foremost to define stigma and stigma is a mark of disgrace on someone or something. It's uh, defined as, or synonymous with uh, shame, disgrace, and dishonor. And I think from a biblical standpoint, we totally get it. It's a mark on someone. It's kind of like the idea of like unclean, unclean as they rang bells back in biblical times. Um, and so these phrases come up with things like, man, that person's crazy. Why are they acting so weird? Um, mm-hmm. you'll, we'll say things like you're killing it. And we talk, our death is so deep and ingrained in our language. Mm-hmm. I actually had a, um, a professor, uh, a, a trainer of mine who's a pastor as well. And he said, I did a violent search in my language. Mm, that's good. He literally took all the information that he was projecting out as a speaker and said, I did a search. So as I spoke to anyone, whether it's individual, group, or publicly, mm-hmm. I did a violent search. He took out things like, let's kill two birds with one stone. Wow. He took out um, talking about bullet points because of the shootings that would happen in his community because mm. they would be activators to someone else's previous um, PTSD trauma. or trauma that they experienced. So in the church level, though, we have some phrases. I often say, uh, if you've seen it on a Hobby Lobby board, we might want to guess and take a guess. Well, I should probably uh, consider maybe saying something because uh, sometimes mm. there are phrases that sound so good. Yeah. So good um, that it's not what the person needs to hear in that moment. Right. And so we might hear things like, well, if you only prayed more. Right. If you read more scripture or there must be sin in your life. Or we hear things like, bless your heart. Right. Um, we have these like coined phrases in the church community that um, are well intent, but then also not well intentioned at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think language matters so much on how we craft that. And so when we talk to people, uh, one of the things I tell individuals to do is, what would be helpful for you right now? I love that. Yeah. What would be helpful for you right now? 
And they might not be able to tell you anything, like nothing. I don't know. Yeah. And let them know if there is something that you identify, would you please let me know? Yeah. I will check back up on you. Is that okay? Right. So if there's a way to see that, even with prayer, uh, some of us are with uh, churches that we do laying on of hands. Mm-hmm. I always ask the question first, hey, is it okay if I put my hand on you? Right. We want to check because we don't know what they've navigated. Right. And That's so good. these are things that as we go through this, even with prayer, you could ask them, would you like me to pray for this? Right. Ask for permission. Yeah. Ask for permission first versus assuming the permission, which then leads me to the next set of questions. Your questions should never be um, criminal, criminalizing. Okay. Well, there should be always with curiosity. Mm. Um, I love when, when, when God sees Adam and Eve, they've already eaten of the tree and he comes back, he goes, where are you? Like, yeah. Uh, I think he knows where he they're knew at. exactly where they're he at. He didn't go into the, I know where you're at. How about yeah. you come out? He went yeah. into the, where are you? What's going on? It's the, it's the voice of curiosity. I'd like to touch on that because I think a lot of times we hear the voice of God, where are you? Almost as a, an angry cop or an upset parent. Yeah. But he's really in his unconditional love. Like, where are you? Like, yeah. I love you. I'm pursuing you. And to really approach these difficult conversations in that manner, the, yeah. this tone of unconditional love, not judgment, you right. know, not, you know, this, this angry justice coming down on you. you right. Know? And I think that's the thing that and with mental health and as we talk about it is the goal is to be curious about individuals. Yeah. The goal is to be curious about the work of the creator. I mean, we're the Imago Dei. Now, in the midst of that Imago day, there's brokenness. And so let's be curious about that person and hold ourselves in reverence to the art. And what I mean right. is that this individual here is a creation of the God most high. And yes, they're navigating difficult things. Some people think, um, you know, they're like, when they say the phrase, they're like, oh, I'm giving them hope. Ah, like think of better thoughts. Just think positive thoughts. And there are individuals that are doing that, that are trying their best that they can, but because of that mental illness, they just can't get there yet. They just can't get there yet. So as a faith community, as a church community, our goal is to say, how do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, which is what we're talking about, right? Yeah. How do I walk through that and know that there's hope on the other side with that person? Yeah. And not, and ask them like, Hey, when I say this phrase, what do you, what do you think I'm saying? Hmm. What do you hear me saying? Because we all have translators. We all have translators in our mind. Yeah. You might say something. We see that in marriage, don't we? Yeah. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Yes. Yes. 100. You'll see this, but, but that happens with people, but we're, this mental health stuff is translating. Like I'm least, I'm the less, I'm not worthy. Yeah. Um, I'm hopeless. I'm a hopeless case. Cause I'm crazy or whatever that may be. Teenagers, when they hear it, they're like, hear phrases like, it's just a phase. You'll grow out of it. And you're like, no, 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 no. Like there's actually something going on. Most of these illnesses begin, uh, half of the mental illnesses are done, are begin by the age of 15, three quarters of them by the age of 24. So these congregate members that are coming in here, they've been living with it for a long mm, time. That's a great point. And so we want to think about how do we welcome them in to the fabric and the tapestry of the church while knowing that they, they are navigating something that we don't understand fully, but we're willing to walk through that valley of shadow death. I think that goes a really long ways too to say, 
I don't fully understand, mm-hmm. but I do love you and yeah. I'm here to walk, walk with you because it's really frustrating right. when someone claims to understand, right. you know, and, and even if we've walked through stuff that's similar, right. you know, it, it's not the exact road. Like two people can both lose their spouse mm-hmm. and they have some common suffering in that, but they both have had very different experiences in that so to have the humility to say i don't fully understand but i i do love you and i'm here to listen and to to walk alongside of you so well we're headed to a break we're right up on a break stay with us we'll be right back this is crosswalk colorado springs on 100.7 the word Welcome back to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. I really enjoy my conversation today with David Galvan. It's a tough subject, but very needed. Suicide, suicide uh, prevention. On the break, we were just talking about Jesus being curious. We touched on it a little bit, but a lot of what you're saying really is in who Jesus is and also who he wants us to be. And I'm guilty of this. I tend to be very task oriented. Mm -hmm. I put my head down. I want to get my work done. And yet Jesus was so curious about people and in our selfishness, we can not really be that curious even about our own spouse, our kids, our coworkers, the barista at at Starbucks, you know, where do you see this in the life of Jesus where he's just curious about people, wants to dig in deeper into their life? Yeah, I think it's always interesting as you read through the Gospels and watch his, Jesus' trek of life, the people that he came upon, he would always have more questions than than actually responses. That's good, yeah. And so the requirement to be like Jesus is that we are curious, that we are inquirers of people, not investigators of people. Hmm. We are those that look to say, okay, how did he make you? Mm-hmm. What and then And then this idea of like, what is your story? Like, what is the thing that has gone on in your life, in your journey? You know, we have the benefit of hearing all these stories from the gospels, but you do know that those were actually happening at that time and nobody had those stories. Right. But if Matthew and Mark and Luke and John didn't write those down, we don't have those. Yeah. We don't have those encounters going on. And I find it interesting because when Jesus had the woman at the well, He's asking questions that he already knows the answers to. Yeah. But he asked the question in a non-criminalizing way. He asked the question to the, even to the, um, those that when he was protecting the prostitute and drew the line in the sand, he asked the question, you without, uh, without sin cast the first stone. Mm-hmm. That was not indicting. Right. He's asking out of curiosity, knowing he knows the answer because he also has to ask out of curiosity so that the prostitute understands, hey, mm-hmm. I love both of you. Right. I not just one or the other. I love both of you. Yeah. And so he was protecting the prostitute while while affirming and confirming with these these individuals that were about to stone her to say, I love you too. And the way that you're acting right now is not what I'm asking you to do. Hmm. And so uh, that's not kingdom living. And so when I think about um, Jesus and how he interacted, he was a very big proponent of identifying individuals and saying, What's going on with you? Yeah. What's happening with you? Come down from the tree. Mm-hmm. Roman soldier, because of your faith today, your child's healed. He would be going to places, and we hear this all the time, 
But Jesus ate with people, did stuff with people that we all say, you're not supposed to hang out with them. Don't hang, don't be with them. But he was like, I'm going to be there. And that shows his curiosity. Because sometimes the mere thing that us as people want is just for someone to be curious about us. Yeah. Like, I'm not even asking you to like the things that I like. Right. I just want you to take the time to ask, what do you like? Yeah. What do you, what, what like brings you to life? Yeah. Like, so here's what I'm going to encourage you to do, listener, today. At some point, today, Hmm. tomorrow, in the next 24 hours, the next time you encounter someone at the grocery store, Mm -hmm. at the gas station, maybe at the coffee shop, maybe, maybe even at church, here's what I want Mm -hmm. you to think about. I just want you to prepare yourself with enough time and enough space to say, how are you doing today? And say, what's one thing that excites you? Yeah. And let that person talk. Yeah. Because how many of us have things that excite us, but no one's ever asked me, what's exciting you? Yeah. What's exciting you today? Yeah. And allow them to share what's exciting to them. Yeah, that's so good. (laughs) And as you're talking, David, it also hits me that Jesus currently is curious about us, curious about the listener. Yes. And I'm sure some listening today, as we've been talking, they're like, hey, that's me. Yeah. I need to take the mask off and have that difficult conversation with those that I love, you know, family member, a a trusted spiritual leader, a a pastor. For that listener, give them some advice, some coaching, how to open up, how to have that conversation you know, where can they go to get some trusted counseling? Yeah, I would first and foremost uh, want to just affirm their uh, courageousness to say, mm. I need help. Yeah. In a culture where we are not conditioned to ask for help, I just want to encourage you that, um, that I appreciate your courage to ask for help. Mm. And I want you to be strengthened in asking for help. Mm. And secondly, I would say um, there are a lot of barriers for reasons why people don't ask for help, yeah. especially around mental health. We talked a little bit about it earlier. We talked about stigma and all the things that we hear around that and what goes on and the overhearing conversations that we've heard. Um, so so stigma is one of those things. The other thing is the, pure, the mere cost of counseling and therapy and how much it costs. It's a significant cost. That's true. It's a yeah. significant cost. And I asked individuals for a couple ideas or a couple thoughts there. Number one, to entertain the fact that this is an investment into you and you yeah. need it just as much as anything else. Yeah. And number two, um, although it costs, there are numerous resources out there that are providing services for individuals or covering the cost of those counseling sessions. There are churches and faith denominations that will uh, cover up to 12 sessions for their congregate mm. members to say, hey, there are churches that say we're going to cover the first three. So I would ask you and implore you to like, hey, ask your church like, and reach mm. out. This is one of those places where hope is provided to say, hey, I'm struggling with yeah. thoughts of suicide. I'm struggling with depression or I'm wrestling with these things and I want to get help. Can you help me? Right. Can you help me? And so- uh, I think cost is one of those things. I think logistics, just mm. the mere time trying to figure out like, when yeah. do I go? Yeah. Like, when do I actually do that? I mean, that's part of the reason why people don't go work out because it's like, well, when do I go? Like, right. is, is where, do I fit it in? where do I fit it in? My time schedule. Yeah. So logistically, that's the case. And even just sometimes transportation, the mere fact that like, how do I get transport? Like, what do I do with those things? Yeah. And then lastly, I would say a barrier would be awareness. Just the mere fact mm-hmm. that like, I had no awareness. Yeah. You ever like uh, bought a new to you vehicle? And then like realized everybody else had your vehicle. 
Uh, but it's not until you bought that vehicle that you realize everyone had that vehicle. Well, yeah. that's the same thing with mental health, right? <laughs> you have to realize that, hey, this is another, this is something going on. So you, the listener, if you're in that place today, here's what I ask you to do. Number one, reach out to your faith community. Yes. Yeah. Reach out to those that are in the church that if you are connected to that community, reach out to them. Mm-hmm. Number two, you can actually get on psycho, uh, psychologytoday.com. And actually look up for counselors in your community. You can look up uh, faith-based ones. Those are all there and individuals. But I would actually ask, and this is going to take more courage, ask those that are around you um, that if they know of any counselors. Yeah. Yes, it's going to beget the conversation of, is there something wrong? And most people aren't prepared for that. But here's what you have to do as a person of cur- courageousness to say, I'm going to be like the woman with the issue of blood. I'm just going to reach out and press through all those Mm -hmm. things because I know the hope that's available for me and I need to get that help. So Mm -hmm. I would ask uh, your local faith community, Mm -hmm. your church, your church leaders, um, if they have a list of counselors that they refer to. The other one is I would ask again, is your friends or those resources outside of that? Because they may have someone that's like they love and they go to, but by you opening up that conversation may open up them a conversation and now vulnerability begets vulnerability, right? That's right. We start opening up and you're like, you, you, you go to like your scene. Mm-hmm. I often will tell people I go to counseling every two to three weeks. I see mm-hmm. a therapist and I say, you're my paid best friend. Like yeah. you're my paid best friend. Yeah. But I go, but I need you. Yeah. I need you. And this is as much as me paying for me to go get my oil changed on my car. Right. If I take care of my car better than I take care of the temple of Christ, mm-hmm. then I got to ask questions. Right. Then I got to ask questions. Especially because of the mind. And it says, again, I, I'll, I'll refer to it, but Romans says, therefore be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's right. Yeah. No other thing says to be renewed. Right. Than the mind. Right. And I think this is where um, we have to understand the battlefield is that mind. Yeah. And mental illness and suicide and thoughts of suicide are all those things that are. You know, I'll piggyback on that too, is you're not alone. You yes. think you're alone. You're not alone. There's other people that are struggling too. And take a step. It's so easy in this moment. You're hearing this radio show. You're hearing this podcast. And to dismiss it and take that step, open up to somebody that you know loves you, that cares for you. If you don't have that in your life, call a church. Churches in the community will will be there for you. Talking with David Galvant on 100.7 The Word. We're headed to a break. We'll be right back. Crosswalk, Colorado Springs, on 100.7, The Word. Good God Almighty, I hope you'll find me, praising your name no matter what comes. Welcome back to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. I have David Galvant with me, really focuses on suicide prevention and mental health. We're doing a two-part series. So this is episode one. So keep looking for uh, the second program uh, with this. I wanted to to read this. Uh, In the United States, one out of every five adults, 48 million, will experience mental illness in a given year. Perhaps a more disturbing statistic is the almost 60% of adults diagnosed with mental illness receive uh, no treatment. And that's a quote from Madness and Grace by Matthew Stafford. And I want to focus here on this last part of today's show of just just resources. You know, there's a lot of power in books. You know, one of the things that I love about a book is nobody knows you're reading it, one. And then the second is it's just this private place where God can really 
speak to you in a in a unique way. Yeah. You know, what are some some resources that you would encourage those that are struggling or or have a loved one that's struggling? Yeah, yeah. I think there are many different resources. And actually, uh, Matthew Stafford is a phenomenal doctor in the biblical and clinical approach of all of this. And as actually, as you said, I love how you said that as a, as a private moment, it, it's kind of the thing that like was the trajectory of this entire like ministry and the things that I do in life, uh, was because of it. He has a resource called grace for the afflicted, a clinical and biblical perspective on mental illness. Hmm. So whether you're the individual that is, hey, I think I'm experiencing this, or whether you are someone ministering, you're a church leader, you're a, a small group leader, you're a leader in the community, um, I would highly recommend this resource, uh, this Grace for the Afflicted, as like just your starting ground. Just get some base knowledge on what's going on with that. I think sometimes we um, begin to think through things and not know where resources are. What are some of those resources? And I always tell everybody, the resources that I recommend are for you to say, I'm going to pull out what I think is necessary for what I'm doing. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't think everything is all 100% in every book, right. but I also know that there are going to be pieces that we pull out that are helpful for us as individuals. Yeah. And this is a great resource that has, actually, he will refer to more resources even later on. Great. And I highly recommend and encourage you doing that. There's another book called Troubled Minds by okay. uh, Amy Simpson, and she does a really good job of talking about how her uh, mom living with schizophrenia, they were missionaries, wow. and how the church uh, removed them mm. and asked them never to come back and went through the whole process and how her family navigated that. Mm. But just, uh, it's called Mental Illness and the Mission of the Church. Mm. And uh, so Amy Simpson, Troubled Minds, Mental Illness and the Mission of the Church, and the Church's Mission. And then this resource here, uh, as darkness is my only companion, a Christian response to mental illness by Catherine Green McWright, McWright. And, uh, she has a phenomenal approach. She lives with bipolar as a, a church leader hmm. and talks about that process. Um, it's hard wow. as a leader to communicate that you, you have an illness. Yeah, that, that is hard. Yeah. It's hard already to tell them that you have an illness. Uh, a physical illness, but even imagine a mental illness. And this uh, woman does a really good job of going through that process and discussing that idea hmm. and what that looks like and what it's like for her. Uh, and really, um, really uh, shows a lot through the Psalms of what David would write and what he would navigate. So a phenomenal resource um, for individuals to think through, especially for uh, if you're an, uh, a church leader that has an illness or living with one, knowing that you do, yeah. I'm having that. Um, another one that like, as we talk about emotional difficulties, uh, why do Christians shoot their wounded helping and not hurting those with the emotional difficulties hmm. by Dwight L. Carlson? Um, he does a really good job of talking about, uh, depression, anxiety, obsessiveness, um, and what it looks like. And then how do we like demonstrate Jesus through that process? And how do we walk alongside people inside of that? Um, and then what does it show in the Bible and, uh, you know, uh, what's really going on with that person and potentially how we're hurting that situation versus helping. And sometimes, um, I think with good intention, we want to help people. I think mm. we really do. Mm -hmm. uh, I think we all have that good intention inside of us, but I also know that in the midst of that, we hurt them. Right. And one of the things that I want to offer here is this question here is before someone gets into a difficult moment, I just want to offer that we as people ask, what's helpful mm -hmm. when you're not doing well, what's one or two things that are helpful for you? Mm -hmm. 
and then ask this and and ask the other side of that question. What are one or two things that are not helpful for you? If you've ever like been in a, in marriage or a close relationship, if you would have known those two things, what's helpful for that person and what's unhelpful for that person, right? It could change the trajectory of that entire relationship. Yeah. Uh, I'll give you a quick example. My wife loves to help. She loves to help and she loves yeah. to fix. Okay. And uh, so when I'm in difficult situations, I often let her know. She, she'll now say, what's, uh, are you wanting me to listen or are you wanting me to fix it? Hmm. But that was because we had a conversation prior. I said, and I gave her information and said, when I'm here, here's what I'd like you to do. Yeah. So that I so respond helpful. well. So helpful, right? Yeah. Um, but what we do in the midst of who we are, we're like, no, everything's helpful. And you're like, no, 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 that's not helpful. Because we are built for resiliency. We are built to navigate and journey through difficulty. So that's why I think this resource, uh, Why Do Christians Shoot Their Wounded? Uh, helping Not Hurting Those with Emotional Difficulties by Dwight Carlson. is just a helpful resource. Just to remind us. Just to remind us. Um Another resource here that I, I like uh, is by Jer- Dr. Jeremiah Johnston. Um, he actually is a speaker sometimes with Summit Ministries right, and been a yeah. part of that. He has a book called Unanswered. Now, uh, I've, I use, there's two chapters in here that are really, really, uh, that I, I point towards in regards to mental illness, uh, chapters 9 and 10, uh, 8, 9, and 10, sorry, that go through this process. And one of them is this idea, uh, My Invisible Disease what Christians must understand about suicide and mental health. Mm. And it's kind of, and the chapter's titled elephant in the room. Um, the next chapter is please leave our church and other disasters. So mm. those are individuals that have navigated some difficult things because of their mental illness. Jeremiah Johnson does a really good job in his book called unanswered lasting truth for tw- trending questions. Um, that's a phenomenal resource. And like you mentioned earlier in regards to uh, mental illness, madness and grace, a practical guide for pastoral care and Serious Mental Illness by Dr. Matthew Stafford. He's got a ton of resources like that. Those are our are, are book resources. I would say continue to listen to this podcast as a resource for mental illness. Um, I don't think these will be the last of them, but I do know that they'll continue to have those. Um, there's also other resources online that you can yeah. go to um, that are available. And all you, all you type in often, just so people are like, what do I type in? Yeah. Uh, just type in mental illness and the Bible. Or yeah. mental illness and faith. Yeah. Uh, you will find many, many resources for that. And That's we, great. Um, we want to make sure that you're taken care of that way. And we're going to list all of the resources that David just mentioned on uh, this podcast. So yeah. if you go to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs, wherever you find your podcasts, you'll find the links uh, to those books. And also, David, would you share with us, how can people find you? Like, where, yeah. where are you on the web? Where are you on social media if they want to connect with you? Yeah, we're all digitized in this world. So you can actually find me uh, uh, with soulshopmovement.org, S-O-L, shopmovement.org. Um, and I'm under there as well. You can actually email me, and I'll put that email even on the podcast there, but it's Galvan, G-A-L-V-A-N dot david and the letter j at gmail.com i'd be happy to respond i'm mm-hmm. very personable if i don't get back to you right away i will let you know what's going on to the best that i can but i would love to to be reached out to and ways to get connected um or even provide possibly trainings for you all in your churches um and your communities um that you're a part of i'd be happy to help bring this conversation to light and maybe that's the way that you take the courageous step maybe that's the way you take the courageous step to Uh, have this conversation. That's great. Well, this is part one. 
We're going to be back next Monday with part two. So please join us for for part two. Also help spread the word about uh, today's show on the podcast. Get it out there. It's such an important topic. Suicide uh, prevention. Jesus really does uh, have hope. He sees you. He loves you. David, thanks so much for uh, episode one. And we'll be back for part two. Sounds good. See you soon. Praise and treasures that fade are never enough. Then you came along. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.